Tagovailoa trying to make up for it. Fires to the end zone. Touchdown! Alabama wins! Cologne looking for his first hit of the year. Oh. He drives one! Deep left field! That goes Upton! Back near the wall! It's out of here! <laughs> Bartolo has done it! There's only one word that comes to mind. Greatness. What is up, guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Red Shirt Podcast. Today, we're about halfway through the baseball season. Speaking of baseball season, number three home run for Trent Grisham on the day. Holy cow. Uh, sorry not to get sidetracked, but um, about halfway through the baseball season, uh, thought I'd bring in uh, my guest from... Uh, Oh, I can't speak today. Um, I did the full-scale predictions with him, uh, the long, long podcast episode. Um, Angels fanatic uh, Noah McGrubland back to discuss the state of our teams and uh, kind of just look into the MLB as the trade deadline approaches. Noah, how are you doing? Uh, doing pretty good. Um, ready to talk about the disappointing Angels. Yeah. Um, I mean, we'll get right into it. Um, so... Just like kind of a brief recap of the Angel season almost, just kind of some highlights, lowlights, what you've seen so far. Um, I've seen some I, I've seen some troubles with uh, runners in scoring position. Um, the problem is I think the Angels, the, the main problem is they're able to get guys in scoring position, but they just can't come through. And I think that's really the key problem to you know the angels I, I just i think that's the problem to their success and today they were able to pick that up a little bit and i think it's a short season there's still plenty of time for them to fix that problem well that, that's conscious <laughs> it's rhetorical but uh i think there's still time for them to be able to pick that up and uh get themselves back in in a, in a position to make the playoffs the other thing i've seen is a shaky bullpen uh I think the bullpen has been a little more under control as of late, but really the problem to start the season and what really got the Angels into this deep hole is the bullpen. And I think the bullpen has talent. I mean, you got Ty Buttrey, got Keenan Middleton. Uh, knowing Ramirez can be good when he's on. You got Hansel Robles. Uh, so I, I would like to see the bullpen be able to get themselves back on, back on track. But uh, on a positive note, I, I think you really got to look at a guy like Anthony Rendon. You got to look at David Fletcher. I mean, those guys you knew would be pretty solid, but they're, you know, it's, it's still pretty positive. And, uh, you know, it's, it's good to see, uh, you know, some guys performing well. So, I mean, that, that's really the major high for the Angels. Joe Adele, he's, he's been a little disappointing thus far. You know, I think all Angels fans were hoping he would able to have more success than he's had so far but ultimately so far uh the angels just have not been good they've been very disappointing and one of the worst teams in baseball yeah i mean you you said it um they they've had some you know they've had guys on offense that were expected to do well and they've done well you said it i mean mike trout's mike trout uh anthony rendon has been just as good as advertised. Uh, David Fletcher's doing David Fletcher things. Tommy Lestella has been solid. I mean, Justin Upton, absolutely atrocious. Oh. As well as, I mean, Joe Adele, it's underwhelming. But the, uh, it gets to the point where, overall, 
the offense isn't the problem. Um, there, there were moments where they don't look good, but every offense does it. Um, Otani um, hasn't been necessarily great, but I, 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 the offense isn't the issue. It's it's the pitching. I mean, it is the pitching, and it's not even. I mean, the rotation's gotten. I mean, Dylan Bundy's been excellent, one of the better pitchers in baseball. Um, I'm trying to think, how is I know Canning had a couple good starts. I feel like he got shelled in one though. Canning uh, has been having trouble as of late, definitely, but he'll be fine. Yeah, and then I mean it's that bullpen. Um, Felix Pena, I don't know, I don't. He he's been used solely out of the bullpen, right? He's been used solely out of the bullpen. He's, he's been terrific. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. He's been terrific. Um, but other than that, I mean, Robles not the same as he was last year. Putri hasn't really done it. Um. McKeon Middleton <laughs> has just not been good. Um, I mean, here, let me pull up the numbers. Um, One thing I will say about Hansel Robles, um, he he has this thing where he tries to play he tries to play funny games with his leg kick, and he'll hold his leg there for four seconds, and, and then he'll pitch. And then the very next pitch, he'll hold his leg for a second, and then he'll quick pitch. And from what I've seen is Hansel Robles... He has the ability to be a very good closer, and I think what he needs to do is he needs to focus on just pitching, and I think that he can solve his problems. And when he when he's been just pitching like a normal person and not trying to do the late kick business, he's been great. So that is already one guy who I think he can solve his problems doing that. Okay, so I pulled this up so I'll have a note. I think I actually I significantly overrated the starting pitching. So Bundy's been great. Um, his numbers were even more video game-like before and a couple unlucky runs against the Giants, including a Panda home run that, I mean, was at, like, his head. Um, Heaney, Heaney hasn't been particularly good. Same with, I mean, Canning, Sandoval. Tehran's been awful. Obviously, we got an inning of in two-thirds of Otani. Bullpen, I think, is, I mean, when you actually break it down, Robles has been bad. Andres has been awful. Hobie, Hobie Milner's been all right. Um, Jake, and honestly, when you actually look at it, the bullpen ERAs aren't that bad. I think that's kind of a result of what you were saying, that they've been picking it up more, they've been picking it up more lately. But this pitching, I mean, look, say what you want about the numbers on some of these guys. Like, when, when you break it down, you look at Mike Mears. Uh, like Noyer Ramirez, Ty Buttry, Felix Pena, their numbers are all pretty good, and even Mayors has been solid. And even Mayors. like you look at, uh, I guess Pajarian only threw a couple innings before going on the shelf. It, it, it's not, it's not gonna get it done. This pitching unit, um, the, I, again, it's not the offense. The offense has been good, um, and that that's with some disappointment from Odell. Uh, Odell, <laughs> Adele and Otani. I was like doing a little mix-up thing. Um, so yeah, I mean, disappointing. I totally bought the Angel Stock. I was like, I think this bullpen, which I still believe, it is is can be a little better than given credit for with some of these high upside guys. But nonetheless, I totally drank the Kool Aid. I I was big on the Angels coming into the year, and quite the disappointment. I mean. For me, and that's not even really as a fan. I can only imagine how it feels as a fan of that specific team. <laughs> and um, one one other thing I will say is I talked about uh, how I think and why how Hansel Robles has been struggling. I saw something on Twitter. Uh, the Angels 
they or Patrick Sandoval he threw his slider eight percent when he was averaging throwing his slider I think it was twenty five percent and he got shelled against the Giants so it's the little things like throwing your slider eight percent when you've been averaging throwing at twenty five percent and you see a regression in your numbers it's just it's the little things that make you wonder like is it coaching or like is the coaching staff trying to like change the like for for a guy like Sandoval I mean he had back-to-back starts where he gave up like I think two and three runs I mean that's what you're going to want and need out of a four starter that's good numbers for a four starter he turns around he faces the Giants and he throws a slider eight percent of the time it's just the little things and the little things in this season they're they're massive it's just a completely different ball game and little things like that can destroy you it's it's massive. I mean, not to be cliche, and you've heard everyone say it. Every game matters because we're almost thirty games into the year, and we're having to talk about trades. We're talking about trades. We're talking about if you're in it or out of it. I mean, this is. I mean, you didn't even a thirty. Everyone uses the Nationals analogy, but thirty games, and then you look at sixty. It's just it's so small unprecedented unprecedented was the word of the podcast um episode 13 the previous one with ben krauth make sure to check that one out um it's it's wild but angels disappointing thus far um we'll move on I'll, I'll, i'll talk a little bit about my san diego padres so just i mean to start the recap and this will be brief i mean fernando tatis jr I just, I feel like I don't even have to say anything more than simply his name. He's been incredible. I think not even I could have seen quite this much of a breakout coming. Uh, he's hitting, and this is prior to the Padres are in the middle of beating down the Astros, currently 13-2. to um, As b- before this game, uh, 313 batting average, 389 on base, 696 slugging. Uh, 1,085 OPS. I mean, it's it's video games. Uh, he has 12 home runs, leads the major leagues, 29 RBIs. Um, have five doubles on top of that. He he, he look. He strikes out a decent amount. He um, I think that, that that's probably the biggest weakness in his game. But with when you're hitting that well, um, it it doesn't really matter if you're striking out to me, as well as. He's he's always been really raw with the glove, um, good defensively. Just made so tried to make hero plays and would uh, make mistakes with his arm. But this year he's been good. I mean, maybe one error, but he he he's just he's been very solid. Um, more than so, he's been solid defensively, and he's been absolutely incredible as a whole this season. Um, so breathtaking, I think. I mean, he cemented himself as the most exciting player in baseball. And, frankly, I don't think there's a great argument to that. Um, if you can think of someone more exciting than him, please bring up. But I'm all aboard the Fernando. Okay, okay. D- David. <laughs> I guess, I guess you know, David Fletcher. That, that, no, that... no, it's definitely Tati. He's flashy. <laughs> yeah. even, even Mike Trout can give him that recognition. I mean, yeah, you know, you know when the goat's calling you that means something. But just had to start it off. Fernando Tatis Jr., that's that's just the first headline. Then, um, looking into uh, some of our additions from this year, um, the guys that I've noted starting, uh, I kind of broke it up into doing well and some struggling. Um, the 
the deal with the Milwaukee Brewers is looking terrific. Um, Trent Grisham, who currently has hit three home runs tonight, as I already mentioned, um, coming into it, he was hitting two forty five, uh, three three sixty four on base percentage. Uh, let's see, four thirty one slugging and seven ninety five OPS. So it doesn't look beautiful. Um, he's been on a little bit of a skid, but I mean, he's had a good glove. He's uh shown some power. Um, four home runs now, I guess seven. But he's been a mainstay in center field. We needed a lefty bat. He's done well. Pitching, Zach Davies, who just threw eight innings of two-run ball, coming into the game, he already had a uh, 3-2-5 ERA, thrown 27 innings, giving up 10 earned. He's, I mean, he's a soft-throwing guy. Um, the peripherals always say that he gets lucky, but he's he's been exactly what we needed as a back-end starter. Um Definitely happy with that. I I think, I mean, I wish the best. I really liked and like still Luis Urias, but definitely very, very happy with this trade as of now. Um, and then we got the free agent signing of Drew Pomerantz, who actually was with the Padres, I want to say it was 2015, maybe 2016. Uh, he was with us for a year as a starter. Um, did really well. Ended up being an all-star, but we traded him to the Boston Red Sox in exchange for their, at the time, top prospect, Anderson Espinosa. That's a little bit off topic, but to be noted. Um, Last year was great once he was moved to the bullpen with the Milwaukee Brewers. Signed him to a four-year deal, maybe like, I'm going to look this up. I want to say like $18 million. Let's see, Drew Pomerantz contract. Sorry. I need, I, I should have my, it's, oh, it's, it's, Four years, $34 million. Okay, that makes a little more sense. Um, but signed him, people were like, isn't that kind of a lot of money? You know, he's a little bit older. He's been phenomenal. He was just put on the injury list, which is a big blow to our bullpen, which I'll hit on in a second. But ten, he, he had 10 appearances, nine innings of shutout ball. He's given up one hit. I mean, <laughs> what do you want from a guy? He's given up one hit. Uh, been incredible. Then, uh, which Garrett, I'm, I'm including Garrett Richards on here because we saw him pitch like a couple innings last year, but I'm going to count him here because Padres signed him thinking of 2020. He's been very good. Um, had a rough outing last night where he only get, ended up giving up one run, but through two innings, he threw like 65 pitches through two innings, so we pulled him. Um, just what didn't have the command, but overall, I mean, still he has a three, uh, five, two ERA started six games thrown 30 innings. Um, he's been awesome. Uh, really, really fun to see him back on the mound. I mean, you know, you knew him as an angel. He had, he showed flashes of being a very good pitcher. Just couldn't stay healthy. He's, he stayed healthy. Um, and his, his stuff is awesome. His curveball is crazy movement. Um, I'd like to see, I feel like. Um, pitching ninja on Twitter, uh, what's his name, Rob Friedman, probably has, and I just haven't noticed him posting a recap of his curveball, because, I mean, it's filthy. But, very happy with Richards. Um, looking at someone who I have not been happy with so far is Emilio Pagan. So, he was a reliever, we got him from the race, uh, for Manuel Margot, essentially. 
and he was a terrific closer last year. Um, here, I don't have the numbers right here, but I mean, good. He had about, like, 20 saves. Um, he, he was, he, he was very, you know, okay. I'm gonna, I'm gonna pull up the numbers just so I'm not absolutely talking out of my behind. But he was, it's saying something that you're parting with. Although Manuel Margot had struggled, you're parting with a guy who was once, you know, a top prospect that's a very good center fielder. Like, let's see. His 2019, he had a 2.3 ERA. So, he was very good. Traded Manuel Margot for him, and he's been absolutely awful. I mean, he has a 6.75 ERA through 12 innings. That's that's nine runs. Um, he's He's been hard to watch. Um... Uh, especially with uh, Pomerantz on the shelf, he had we put him in for a save opportunity the, the other night. He it's scary. He just has not looked good. Um, and uh, do I really miss Margot that much? Maybe not. But Emilio Pagan's been awful. And sticking with guys we got from the Rays in a separate trade, um, Tommy Pham. Uh, he he outfielder been struck. You know, known for contact. Um, getting on base, some solid defense. He got hurt. He had been struggling. He was hitting 207, 316 on base, uh, 293 slugging, and 608 OPS. So not doing well. But he ended up, he's hurt. Broke his wrist, I want to say. Um, he's going to be done for the good stretch of the year. So he's struggling. I still do like Tommy Pham, I think. Um, I feel like he's been, na- there's been a nagging injury for a while, even since spring training. We, we DH'd him a bunch of games this year to keep him fresh. And then there was one game we took him out early because he fielded a ground ball and he, like, had cramps or something crazy. Um, but, yeah, I think he, he, he's he been a bit disappointing considering he gave up Renfro and a top prospect in Xavier Edwards. But the story of the trade, it was once coined the FAM trade. And per AJ, AJ Castleville has now declared the trade at per Twitter today, of course, uh, the Jake Cronenworth trade. And I would say most every baseball fan that's not a Rays fan, and even some Rays fans probably, did not know who Jake Cronenworth was before, you know, a couple weeks into this season. Let me tell you. Uh, middle infielder, actually... Let me rephrase. He was a he's been a two way player with the Rays in their minor league organization, and last year in AAA he hit really well. He pitched really well, but he was kind of an afterthought. I don't even, I don't think he was even on their forty mans kind of or he, they wanted to get him off their forty man something or another. So he was included in the fan deal. He made the team, and he did more than just make the team. He's earned himself an everyday spot in the lineup. Um, before tonight, he's hitting three twenty eight with a four hundred on base, five ninety seven slugging, and nine ninety seven OPS. Um, also known as he has eight doubles, uh, two home runs, seven RBIs. Um, he's walked eight times. He's not he. It's not that flashy offensively, but he's getting base hits. He added a home run tonight. He hit the grand slam, slam Diego, uh, trademarked. But he, he just does it all right. When Hosmer was down, he was able to fill in and play first, which he had barely played, made highlight reel plays um, against the Dodgers. He did, I, there was like, I don't, you saw the play last year, Fernando Tatis with the jump grab at shortstop? Yeah. Yeah, he, he essentially did that, 
But at first base, I mean, it's incredible. Really good defender, Jake Cronenworth, um, stud. But now he's getting regular playing time at second. I think he's, I mean, he is the favorite for Give the Year right now uh, with Dustin May and perhaps no one else comes to mind right now, but with Dustin May also in the mix. Uh, hmm, who else? Did I miss on anyone? Uh, we also, uh, Jerkson Profar here. I'm going to be brief. I feel like I've spent too much time on this. Jerkson Profar, not very good. Um, I've been playing better of late. Former top prospect with the Rangers was with uh, the Oakland Athletics last year and maybe a couple years prior. Um, he's, he's versatile, which has been important with the fam injury and some injuries all around. But batting 202 with 299 on base. 357 slugging and 656 OPS just doesn't cut it. Um, he's just he's not very good. We we didn't give up much. We gave up Boston Allen a catcher who really was never gonna see any time here. So it's not like we gave up a lot. But he he's he's nothing special. Um, and there are many better options out there. And then bullpen wise, um, we added lefty Tim Hill from the Royals. He's, I think overall he's been good. Um, his ERA doesn't show it. He has a six fourteen, but he, I mean, when you're when you're a lefty lefty like that, you're gonna have some outings where you get rocked. Overall, I'm glad to have another good lefty arm. Then Pierce Johnson, who we got, I want to say, I th- I want to say he came from, I don't I don't know if it's Korea or Japan. He he played in the bigs, struggled, went to Japan or Korea, and then came back. Um, signed with the Padres, and he he's str- he struggled. Um, not been not been bad bad. It is a four six six through uh, nine and two thirds, as well as his FIP um, at three point seven nine shows that maybe he he's also been not necessarily unlucky, but his peripherals show that he's been a little better than that. I'm glad we had a Pierce Johnson, but overall the big storyline. The Padres, besides our whole, you know, slam Diego that's going on right now is the bullpen woes. So what was considered to be one of the best bullpens heading into the year, uh, Jose Castillo, our lefty, went down. Andres Munoz went down um, with Tommy John. I think, I think actually I heard that Castillo could be back soon. He's been throwing. He, he, he hurt something else, not Tommy John. I don't know exactly what. But um, they went down. Uh, Kirby Yates was incredibly ineffective to start the year, and then it came out that he was hurt, and then he's, we haven't gotten an official word, but it sounds like he's probably done for the year, so you lose your best reliever, arguably the best reliever in the NL last year, so that itself hurts, and when you have guys such as Emilio Pagan underperforming, um, you got... I mean, Craig Stammen, he's been bad. Pierce Johnson, I said he hasn't been that bad, but not not reliable. Luis Perdomo is awful. Javi Guerra was clutch last night throwing two and a third of no-run ball when Garrett Richards got shelled. But, I mean, the guy, even with that, he still has an 11 ERA. He's he's not good. Hills, again, Hill hasn't been reliable. Caught up Patino. Patino struggled. I still love, of course, Luis Patino. And Matt Strom somehow has a 1.88 ERA, but it really doesn't feel like it. So that that's just not good for a bullpen that was considered to be one of the tops. So we got to keep the bats going. We got to figure it out. Hopefully Pomerantz will be back soon. And I'll, I'll talk about it in a little bit, but we'll get some reinforcements um, via trade. Then the last two things I'm going to say, I feel like 
I don't know, I've taken a really long time on this. I just want to be thorough. I mean, we're, I mean, come on. This is the first time we've had a decent team in forever. I'm going to be a little thorough. Sorry, guys. But Will Myers and Eric Hosmer. I'm not going to include Manny Machado on this because I think most of us expect Manny Machado to be able to bounce back. Struggled early, but now he's hitting well. I'm looking at Eric Hosmer and Will Myers. So both of them have struggled. Eric Hosmer, that big deal a couple years back, has not been good in San Diego. But this year, he's found his lift as the Padres just beat the Astros 13-2. to Awesome. Uh, he's found his lift. He's gotten some power. He's, he's been a notorious ground ball hitter, which has made him super ineffective. Um, he's found his groove, um, getting some launch angle to the tune of uh, a 254 batting average, 323 on base, uh, 559 slugging and 882 OPS. So the numbers in the end aren't that good, but he's had some very big performances, such as opening day, such as the Grand Slam um, the other day against Texas to break the uh, record. He's, um, I mean, he, he, he's just looks so much better. Say what you want about the numbers. He, he beat everything into the ground last year and the year before. He's getting some left. He looks, his, his swing just looks better. He looks like a new guy. And Will Myers, I am a notorious, I won't say hater, but maybe disbeliever in Will Myers. He's always had the talent, but really hasn't had a whole year to put it together. Such as, I mean, he had a terrific first half um, when the All-Star game was in San Diego. Started as DH and then all went downhill. He's been phenomenal. Uh, 270 uh, average, 350 on base, 562 slugging, as well as a 912 OPS. I mean, it's not otherworldly, but it's been good. Um, six home runs make it seven with uh, his home run tonight. 17 RBIs, walking you know, nine walks. Um, he's been good. Um, those guys stepping up have been very important for this Padre team, and I'm excited to see it continue. But let's let, let's look now. Sorry, I've taken up so much time. Let's look into what you, if you're the Angels, if you're in the Angels' front office, if Billy Epler got fired right now and you were named as the replacement GM, if you took over Ferrari as the owner, um, what would you do right now as the Angels in terms of maybe trade moves, off-season goals, um, moving guys through the system and such? Well, I would start with the trade deadline. I would, I would, uh, I would test the, I would test the market for Angelton Simmons because, quite frankly, I think Angelton Simmons, he's probably going to leave in free agency this year, and I won't, I wouldn't expect the Angels to get a big, you know, a big haul for a subpar hitter. Angelton Simmons, an incredible fielder, but considering he, he's on a contract year, he's, you know, he, he'll be considered a rental. I highly doubt they, they get much of a return. So I think you really have to val- you have to really uh, think about it and okay is it is it worth it to trade Simmons? So test Simmons trade market. I think another guy you part ways with is for sure Brian Goodwin. You know I know the Indians they're probably going to trade Plezak or Clevenger, and quite frankly they need outfield production. So I think a guy like Brian Goodwin, he's hitting I think around two fifty now. He started off hot. He's cooled down a little bit. But um, ultimately, I think any outfield production is good for them. And, um, you know, I think that we need to, I think we need to trade Brian Goodwin, that's for sure. Um, And I think we could get, I I think 
a Goodwin and Marsh deal could get it done for Plezak. Um, ultimately, I think the Angels, we need pitching. And trading Brandon Marsh is something we might just have to do to get pitching. Plezak, uh, I'm pretty sure he's, a, he's pretty young. Uh, I'm pretty sure. And I think we just need to have another controllable arm. Because I just think Clevenger is too much for the Angels. Yeah, Plezak's 25, by the way. So, yeah. Yeah. And then moving on to the offseason, I, I, I think that the Angels will be active at the deadline, but maybe not as active as people think. Also, uh, just looking at the David Fletcher trade rumor, there's no way the Angels trade David Fletcher. That's just not going to happen. Um, but anyway, now moving on to the offseason for the Angels, as I said, I think we're going to let Andrelton Simmons, Andrelton Simmons walk. Uh, and I think... I think we're going to re-sign Tommy Listella. I think a guy who can play third base, second base, and first base, a lefty bat, uh, and and say we trade Goodwin, you know, we're going to need lefty bats. I think we could get Listella on a pretty reasonable deal for what he is. I mean, he was an all-star last year. He's been solid this year. So his value has definitely gone up. But I think we can get a pretty team-friendly deal on Listella, especially the free agency market. I mean... We don't we don't really know what it's going to be like because um, with with the pandemic, with the shortened season, I mean, it's going to be really interesting to see how contracts are. I'm guessing they'll be more team friendly than anything else. But I think we'll re-sign Listella. There is one guy I need the Angels to sign in the offseason, and it's Trevor Bauer. Artie needs to bring out his checkbook, go to Trevor Bauer's house and say, you write a number, I'll sign you on that number. <laughs> I mean, we need Trevor Bauer, and I I think um, I don't think Bauer's going to be looking for a long term deal, so that's good for the Angels. He'll, he'll pop. I mean, this is just my assumption, and from what I've seen, I think at most he'll want it like a three year. Um, so I really do think that Trevor Bauer is someone we need to sign because we need to focus on pitching. And there's one more thing as a GM I would do, and that is stay away from JT Realmuto. I know that Artie Marino and Billy Epler, they're going to come together and they're going to say, we want this man. I mean, the Angels love to sign position players, and I know they're going to want to sign GT Rumuto. But as a fan, I really hope we do not sign JT Rumuto because I do know we will overpay him. And that's not taking away from I, it's not taking away from JT Rumuto. I think he's a great player. Just the Angels need to get pitching and not more hitting. I mean, I guess you could look at Real Muto and say he's defensive too, but the point remains, we need pitching. So that would really be my main thing. So other than that, I don't think we shake up the team that much. I mean, Pujols next year is going to be his last year. Uh, you know, David Fletcher is going to be our shortstop. I don't know exactly what we're going to do with Renjifo. Uh Obviously, Rendon and Trout aren't going anywhere. I would like to see us move Upton, but unless we give up uh, a prospect in Upton, even then some team might not just want to take his salary. I mean, if we're going to trade him, that's going to be a salary dump. We're not getting any return for Upton. So really, if I was the Angels GM, I would worry about pitching because it seems simple, but they just don't understand that they need to worry about pitching. I mean, yeah. Don't really have much more to add to that. It's been pitching. And also, if you guys heard any of those thumps, no, I don't know if that bothered you. Sorry, I was just I was just drinking some of my Gatorade. I just need I needed some fuel. Gotta 
get some of those electrolytes. Um, but so if I was if I was in charge running the Padres, if I could run the show, um, in terms of the deadline, I would like. I think I'd like to move Joey Lucchese. I very much enjoy Joey Lucchese, but I don't really think he has a spot anymore. Granted, we've been kind of. We've been mixing it up with his that fourth rotation spot, which I'll hit on in a second. Um, but he just he doesn't really have a spot here anymore. I like the guy, but I think there are gonna be some uh, pitching like pitching needy teams that think they can compete that are gonna want to add him as an arm, such as I, I I just wrote down a couple teams. I looked at the Mets, the Braves. You could throw in. I mean. With the Strasburg injury, you could throw in uh, even the Nats. Uh, as well as, I mean, if the Angels choose to add, if they want to take a chance on a guy like Lucchese, it could be the Angels as well. So, like jo- Joey Lucchese, makes sense to ship him off, though, see what we can get. Because we're just so rich in pitching. And, and I think his upside's so, so limited. But... Move Lucchese, and then the other thing I want to do at the deadline, or at least explore, is we go back to the Kansas City Royals that were gracious enough to give us Tim Hill in uh, exchange for Frangie Cordero and Ronald Bolaños uh, right before the season began. We go back there, and you got Trevor Rosenthal, who he, he he's had quite the career. So he's 30 years old. He he started out with the Cardinals. He was terrific with the Cardinals for his first, I mean, six years. I mean, 2012 to 2017, you look at it, 2016 wasn't incredible. But he was a very, very good relief pitcher. Then in, he didn't pitch in 2018. 2019, he bounced from the Nationals and the Tigers. I mean, he was awful. He had no control. He He, he couldn't throw a strike. He was like... How Joe Kelly would hit the like hit a neighbor's window, he just wouldn't even hit it. He'd just entirely miss it. He's awful. But the Royals gave him a chance, and he's looked incredible. He's thrown 10 innings, given up one run. Um, it was a home run. And he still has control issues overall. He's walked four guys. But that sub-one ERA for a guy that's 30, that really, for a team like the Royals, they have no reason to keep. I think he's a buy low guy that's worth a try for a uh, bullpen that has struggled um, with production and injuries, but we're we're gonna ask a little more out of I, I think Dayton Moore's still their GM. Uh, yeah, they we're gonna ask a little more out of Dayton Moore, and that is for Mister Whit Merrifield. Do I think that's necessarily gonna happen this at this deadline? No. Would I absolutely love it? Yes. So Whit Merrifield. Um, not a flashy guy, he's 31 years of age, um, primarily a second baseman, but can play throughout the outfield, he could probably play second, third, left, center, right, whatever you need, and I, I think the Padres should add him, because he's essentially what we're using jerks and pro for us, except just significant, significantly better, because they're the they can play all those same spots except what Merrifield actually produces. Since he came up in twenty sixteen, uh, has hit um the, his lowest batting average was two eighty three, and this including this year as well. Just putting that out there, um, gets on base at a good clip. I mean, not a crazy walker, but um, twenty nineteen is always there. You got on at a three forty eight, um, not 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 necessarily a lot. Power wise, but he he'll he'll poke some out. Um, 
2019, he had 16. 2018, he had 12. And 2017, he had 19. He's actually at 5 so far, but he's uh, a contact hitter with some speed that can play all positions that, as well, is on a very team-friendly contract. He's Yes, I said that he is 30, 31? Yeah, um, 31, but I want to say here, let me let me look up the exact specifics of it. They locked him up to a crazy, crazy reasonable deal. And this is, they, they don't necessarily um, have to move Merrifield because they have that control, which I'll confirm the numbers on, but for a team like the Rose, you don't want to hold on to him for that long because if he dips in production... It's not gonna. It's just gonna screw them over because they want to get something out of him, and they're not gonna be good in the next couple years for it to be worth anything. So yeah, here, um, four. When was this? Uh, last year they signed him to a four-year, sixteen million dollar contract that has a six million dollar option for twenty twenty-three. I mean, that's that's incredibly cheap. That's that's a crazy team-friendly contract. So when you typically when you're trading for a guy older, you have to worry about, um, you know, control. You have him controlled for that long. I think the Padres need a call and ask Dayton Moore the price tag on what Merrifield as well as Trevor Rosenthal because we're plenty deep um, in terms of our farm system, and I don't think it'll take that crazy of a haul, granted. Merrifield will garner more overall than what Rosenthal would be, you know, more of a just a risk, you know, a risky kind of prospect as well as just a risky guy you're getting. With Merrifield, I think you get a bona fide stud that fills exactly what the Padres need is another solid contact hitter that can play anywhere because hopefully Cronenworth can man second base um, and may, fan maybe comes back for left, but I, I don't see the downside of his versatility when ultimately he's going to push a guy out of a spot because he he, he just produces. So do I, do I necessarily think we're going to add Whit Merrifield at the deadline? Probably not. Would I love Whit Merrifield? Yes. Same thing, Rosenthal, you know, I don't really care necessarily if it's exactly Rosenthal. I like the intrigue, but I think I'd like to see us add an arm, add, 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 add an upside arm, maybe with a little uh, veteran experience. Then... Looking at, if you assuming trading Luke Casey, just just looking at this season too, um, I think you we promote Gore soon. We DFA Luis uh, Perdomo, get him as far away from San Diego as possible. Um, doesn't have to be the correlating move, but you promote Gore, and then we've we've kind of we've been inconsistent with what we've been doing at our fourth starter spot, which would. I guess now it's considered our five after um, Paddock, Denelson, uh, Richards, and Davies. But it, it's been kind of a workaround. We've done some, like, long relief. We've done, I don't know, it's, it's just been crazy. So what I'm thinking is you kind of continue that same kind of vibe, and you're kind of rotating through um, Mackenzie Gore, Adrian Morahone, Luis Patino, and Cal Quantrill as starting those four, as starting that spot. And then... Maybe if if you want to keep those innings down, you you can have you can pair them and do like a piggyback kind of thing. Where let's say you start Gore, um, he goes 
whatever, like three three innings of good ball, and then you have the piggyback with Patino that goes three, or some form of something like that. Because all these guys are young arms that can can go for long innings. There's no reason if if we're worried about guys going deep, we can use these additional roster spots to our advantage and using that piggyback kind of uh strategy. So I'm here for it. Um, the one thing, I mean, you could say Quantrill doesn't include in that group because Quantrill has, we've used him very versatilely. Like, he got a save the other day. He's pitched late innings. I think he can be whatever you want him to be. I think he's a good starter. I think he's a good reliever. Um, however you want him to play Quantrill, that's great. Um, looking to the offseason, I think we explore the catcher market. Do I necessarily see that there's a specific guy or a specific deal that I want A.J. Preller to make? Not necessarily, but... Austin Edges has heated up a little bit of the plate, but ultimately I think Francisco Mejia has struggled mightily. I don't think he's the answer at all. And while Hedges is insane defensively, I, if something comes up, if we can find a guy, maybe a JT Romuto that makes sense, I'm here for it. I think JT Romuto isn't necessarily the smartest move, though, considering, yes, he's a catcher, but he's still going to get a lot of money. For an extended period of time, which I think, I don't care to dole out massive contracts right now. But nonetheless, I think it's just ignorant not to look into catching because that's clearly our worst production spot. So I mean, I don't, I don't have really much more to add to that um, in terms of looking at the Padres in the off season. Um, do you have anything to add, Angels Padres wise? Well, I think Real Muto to the Padres could make a lot of sense you're not i mean i don't i don't want to go compare i don't want to go compare hedges and remote real muto's defense but they're both incredibly good defensive catchers and you're going to get you're going to get a lot more offensive production out of real muto so i i don't know that was just you brought that up and i thought about how that would be pretty good for the padres to get real muto it's just it's it's a concern with with money yeah, you don't wanna, you it'd don't be wanna. fun. It's just the thing about Real Muto is we. I mean, what did Grandal? Let, let me look at what Grandal ended up getting before I get ahead of myself, because you don't typically see. I mean, he's upper tier uh, catcher. Say what you want about if it's Yasmani, um, who's better than Real Muto or vice versa, but I mean, he, he's a top tier catcher that can hit. You know, you don't you don't see that a lot. You don't see a guy that's really good defensively that can also hit. So let me let me see. It's Yasmani Rundall got a four year seventy three. So let's do a little math. Seventy three divided by four. That's an eighteen annual. So I mean, look, Padre signed J T Romuto. I'm not mad about it. Am I angry if we don't? No. I think I, I trust AJ Preller. I think can it be made that we get him? Yeah. Does it also make sense if we stand pat and don't want to dole out that kind of money? Yeah. Um I will say though it'd be incredibly fun to have him um behind the dish. Our our order would look so fearsome. I mean you got Tatis, Real Muto, Machado, if we I mean Oh, that's a scary top three. A guy, a guy can dream, I suppose. But looking more in the broad spectrum of the MLB, um, top thing that comes to mind for me, Steven Strasburg. 
So, just think the massive extension that, uh, this offseason after winning the World Series MVP, um, staying with the Washington Nationals as opposed to, you know, coming to his home city of San Diego. But I suppose it's not that bad of a thing looking at it now because the 32-year-old is done for the season. Um, has, I believe, carpal tunnel. So he's put on the 60-day IL, dumb for the year. And Washington Nationals have been struggling. And then it coming out that he's done for the year, um, that's definitely going to handicap the defending uh, world champs. And it'll be very interesting to see how they adjust. Um, let's see. it. The rotation, honestly, too. Uh, Scherzer and Corbin have been good, but... Both of their areas are high threes. Annabelle Sanchez and um, Austin Voth both haven't been anything special. I mean, Scherzer or Strasburg wasn't good in his one start. Um, Eric Fetty's been good. Will Crow, I think, started had his major league debut this year. But that, I mean, that rotation has been the big spot. And when you lose Steven Strasburg and the offense, I mean, Juan Soto's doing Juan Soto things. Um, but you just lost, you know, a superstar in Anthony Rendon. Um, when that pitching's not doing well, well, I, I, it's hard to see the Nationals doing much. It's gonna, I think it's gonna be hard for them to even make the playoffs. I mean, they're ten and fourteen right now, and they just lost Strasburg. You know, they're just not in a good position. And um, I think a decent amount of people saw this coming, but. Maybe not to, to this capacity. I mean, 10 and 14 isn't a bad record, but they're just... I, I don't see much of a bright path for them. Especially without Strasburg. I mean, and I mean, you're in a loaded division where even the Marlins... I mean, granted, they've played less games, but all of all five teams are looking very solid. We knew it was going to be competitive going into it, but you got to keep up, and they just... They simply aren't. I'm not really, and they don't necessarily have a lot of assets they can, you know, part with to, you know, strengthen the team. They called up Luis Garcia the other day. He's been he's been doing well, but I I don't know. Nationals are definitely in a weird spot. Um, I hope that this won't affect Strasburg long term. It's definitely something to look for, though. I mean, he's always had, you know, some cons- some health concerns. Um, you don't, yeah, we haven't seen him throw, you know, full seasons much. Um, last year, I mean, he threw a career high 209 innings. I just, I don't know. Maybe it's just that he's a San Diego native, former San Diego State Aztec. But I mean, I really, really like Steven Strasburg. And I hope that, um, his injury doesn't derail his career because that would just absolutely suck for a guy as highly touted as he is. But also suck for um, the Washington Nationals, who just stole out a massive contract. Um, let's see. The Yankees. Yankees, we thought last year, uh, you know, we thought the injuries were going to be put in the past. But, I mean, <laughs> this team is decimated with injuries. So, you got DJ LeMayhew, 10-day IL. Gleyber Torres, I believe, was also just put on the 10-day IL. Judge and Stanton, 10-day IL. Um, let's see. Zach Britton, 10-day IL. Um, also, already lost Severino before the season. Paxton, Paxton, Paxton 10-day IL. Um, Canely, done for the year. 
um, had Tommy John. It, it's incredible. It's like it's like they're they're cursed. I I don't know. I mean, I mean, this uh, is just bizarre. And and I think an interesting thing about the Yankees is Stanton when he's been healthy, which we haven't really seen as a Yankee. He's been great, but the thing is, the way he's been injured, it's almost like that contract is already a bust because I feel like, you know, when Stanton's healthy, it's like, whoa, Stanton's healthy. But when he's hurt, it's like, oh, Stanton's hurt with the Yankees. And it's it's just so weird to me how he hasn't been able to stay healthy. And I think, you know, I don't I don't know what it is, but they, they're all hurt. Is it just an injury-prone team? Is it is it bad luck? I mean, obviously, a team who gets hurt every year, you could say, oh, it's an injury-prone team. Because, yeah, they're injury-prone, but it, it's still... It's, 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 it's hard to pinpoint that on an entire like, organization. It's mind-boggling. It, it almost makes you wonder. It, it might be an organizational problem because the fact that it happens every year... I'm pretty sure, though, they actually changed up a bunch of their staff in that area after last year. I, I have no proof on that, but um, I think that's what I saw a little bit on Twitter. You know, Twitter, the most reliable source for anything, of course. But <laughs> Yeah, it's it, it's wild, and it's crazy, because you look at Judge and Stanton, and they're like these behemoths that are, look, are so jacked and look so strong. I mean, they it's, could be playing football. Yeah, they it looks like they could be lining up a tight end or starting a power forward. It's wild. But, I don't know, maybe it's like they're almost, like, too big, like, that they're just... Too big for baseball. Too big for baseball, and some of these little things will get to them. It's, um... It's hard. And, I mean, on top of that, you've seen some poor production. Gary Sanchez has been awful, still awful, and a nice 132. I mean, at least he, he has nine hits and five of them are home runs. So, I mean. Matt Olson. Yeah, yeah, the Matt, Matt Olson type B. He's in the same boat. Uh, Glaber, before being put on the IL, hasn't been awful, awful, but disappointing. Um, Gio Urshela has been fine. Brett Gardner has been awful. Uh, Aaron Hicks hasn't been much special. I, f- I feel like almost looking, uh, this, I mean, it made me think of this because I see Clint Frazier who's doing very well. It's almost like the Yankees just, when, when they have all these injuries, they want to like flex how deep their team is. <laughs> like they just want to, cause that's what, I mean, when this team is healthy, somehow Clint Frazier doesn't make the team. He's been incredible when he's been with them. Red Thunder's hitting 333, uh, 400 on base, 667 slugging with an OPS over a thousand. Um, so, I mean, there's still the bright spots. They're, they're a good team, but the starting pitching's been very bad. Um, not as, uh, very bad might be an overstatement. But, um, Garrett Cole's been Garrett Cole. He hasn't been purely dominant, but a sub-3 ERA. Can't be mad at that. Um, James Paxton struggling before he just got put on the IL. Jordan Montgomery's been all right. He kind of had one, one, you know, one, two starts that really roughed him up. But he's been good. Um, Tanaka's been fine, same kind of same boat as Montgomery, like both at the four six area, which, you know, they've only started four games, uh, not haven't thrown a lot of innings. Jay Happ's been awful. <laughs> started three games, he's thrown twelve innings. I mean, that in itself shows he's averaging four, four innings a start, getting with a ERA above six. Um, they they need to look at the starting rotation because. Especially if Pat, even though Paxton's been struggling, Paxton's out for an extended period of time. They're gonna need to add some arms at the deadline. Which bullpen, I mean, has been good as advertised overall. Um, Chad Green's been nasty, sub one ERA in twelve innings. 
Uh, Britain, uh, before going on the island, thrown nine innings, given up two runs, uh, earned at least. Chapman just came back. He he played one. He threw one game, gave up a run. So I mean, not much to be said there. Uh, even uh, you look at Jonathan Loisiga, who he is like he's actually started two games. He's been pretty good, sub three RA, but. With Canely down, I mean, they just need to add more arms. Whether they see that as being a starting pitching area or even just loading up on that uh, crazy bullpen, they're going to have to add arm. Well, as a team such as the Yankees that are competing for a World Series that have the assets to do so, they need to add arms. It's a must, in my opinion. Um, okay, so that's kind of that's kind of all those on like the specific agenda. Let's see what else is going on in baseball. Um, Dodgers first team to hit twenty wins. No, I don't think anyone is particularly surprised by that. Um, on the same note, with uh, some of the Yankees' injuries and struggles, the, the Rays are leading the division. Actually, uh, they're eighteen and ten versus the Yankees is sixteen and nine. Granted, they've had some games delayed due to the Mets getting coronavirus. Of course, who else but the Mets? Um, let's see. Uh, Philly has dropped five straight. Yeah, Philly's bullpen, crazy bad. They just added Brandon Workman and Heath Embry from the Red Sox. So, I mean, it looks like a steal of a deal. The bullpen is atrocious. It's like, I saw some graphic on Instagram earlier that, like, it, it's looking, like, historically bad, which doesn't surprise me. I mean, it's been, it's been hard to watch, but... That's the thing. They're at nine and fourteen right now. Washington now, you know, ten and fourteen. That division's so clumped that they're all kind of gonna. They're all just kind of beating up on each other. And with this, you know, new format, you don't have to be perfect to make the playoffs. You just have to get hot at the right time. So even though you're, you know, four under, five under, five hundred right now, you just you get it rolling for, you know, a week, and you're right. You're right in there. Um. Cubs still leading the Central. Uh, they've slowed down. Uh, both. I mean, your your big pick from the off se- from even before the off season and the whole sleeper team of the year, Cincinnati Reds under five hundred right now, eleven and fourteen. Um, your boy the AM, AL Central has been the AL Central's been great. I mean, and then the, the NL West- Central's been really bad. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny. Uh, your boy, Eugenio Suarez, has not done well. Uh, your other boy, Trevor Bauer, has been lights out. Love Trevor Bauer, man. Um, Future Angel. Yeah. Bullpen, bullpen's been bad. Um, I don't. They, they just haven't been clicking. Nick Castellanos is absolutely raking still, but just not fully clicking. Brewers, same, 11 and 14. I just, there's not, I don't know. I don't really care for the Brewers overall. Pretty I think they're very good. Right yeah. Uh, St. Louis has only played 16 games. They're 8 and 8. Not necessarily surprising. Um, kind of need a little more time to evaluate. Then again, that's kind of what we've been saying all season about every game, when in reality, it's a 60-game season. Um, Pittsburgh, at on par with what I predicted. Uh, worst team in baseball record-wise, they're 6 and 17. And they've won two straight. They've won two straight. Oh, God, that's sad. <laughs> but uh, yeah, they, they really want Kumar Rocker. That's what I'm getting from this. Okay, they're they're kicking the can for Kumar. <laughs> um, I already said Dodgers twenty one and eight. Padres seventeen and twelve with that win tonight. Looking awesome. 
have a win a run differential of twenty six. Won six straight after an embarrassing series against the uh what was it Diamondbacks in the back half against the Dodgers. Uh, Rockies have fallen back down to earth now at thirteen and fourteen. This is the spot where eh, Rockies are gonna have to bring it back up because. For a little bit, we were like, can they maintain this? And they showed that they indeed could not maintain that hot start. They're gonna have to. They're gonna have to find a way to make it happen. Um, gotta keep the pitching up. That's always gonna be the issue with a team in Colorado. Gotta keep that pitching up. And similar, kind of to what I was saying with the Nationals, not necessarily perfect, but they don't necessarily have guys that they can just like trade to bring in some like more arms. They don't have anyone that they can clearly move. To make a deal, so that'll be fun to watch. Uh, Arizona, thirteen and fifteen. San Francisco always finds a way to not be absolutely awful, despite their roster looking very bad. Uh, Wilmer th- Flores has been great. Wilmer Flores, and you got, I believe the. Uh, I don't know if it's still up to date, but I saw earlier he was leading the league in WAR, Mister Mikey Stremski, as well as the all-contact man Donovan Solano. They Johnny, just they find a way, I man. Don't, I, that, I guess it's that championship pedigree. Uh, three rings in five years. They they keep it up, but uh, I, I mean, it, this year's special. No team is out of it until the very end, except maybe Pittsburgh. I'm gonna go out all in and say that Pittsburgh's not gonna do anything. But outside of Pittsburgh, and then let me scan. I don't think any team's truly out of it. Um, maybe the Mariners. Mariners are ten and nineteen though. When you look at it on paper, okay, I don't think I don't think the Mariners are gonna get there. But in theory, all these teams are you know can do something. I think the I think the Angels, Mariners, and uh, Red Sox to name three specifically have quite the uphill battle. Given that the Red Sox just don't have pitching, I'm available. I'm a good lefty. I can throw some off speed. I'll, I'll mix up the looks, and I can actually throw some strikes. Um, but the, the, they can't pitch. The Angels, they're just deep behind in a tough division. And, um, and I'm, I'm pretty sure Fangraphs has the Angels at like 8% to make the playoffs or something, so they're going to have to defy the odds. It's an uphill battle, and then with Seattle, I mean, not good either. But the point remains that... Like these these teams that are like eleven and fifteen, thirteen and fourteen on that cusp, that's like if you can keep that up, like that around five hundred is gonna be playoff worthy, it seems. Blue Jays and Orioles. Blue Jays and Orioles, thirteen and twelve and thirteen and fourteen. The Orioles. They've been something you've seen Anthony Santander. Um that, Ten home runs. Ten home runs. Ten home runs. This the slugger we didn't know we needed in our life, Anthony Santander. As well as also in that, I mean, I, I guess I skipped over it with the Yankees. Luke Voigt. Um, I mean, putting himself in the MVP conversation in the AL. He's been phenomenal. Uh, yeah. Do you have anything more to add? I feel like we really covered the spectrum well. Not much more other than I hope that the Angels can find a groove. Because we need some playoff trout in our lives. Yeah, I think maybe, I mean, maybe other than the AL West, fans of the AL West foes, um, and even them maybe can agree that us as baseball fans, and Mike Trout specifically, deserves 
to be able to play a little bit in the playoffs. Um, Let's see a little playoff rundown in, in Anaheim. A little playoff rundown here. Well, it's just crazy because in any sport besides really just baseball, the best player in the sport is has a yearly trip to the playoffs and possibly beyond. But it's just the way baseball is. It's a team sport. Um, we got to get Trout in the playoffs at least. We just we need to watch it, whether it be this year. I mean, I guess what they have like fourteen years or something crazy that they have that time frame. Yeah, we've we've got our you know we've got yeah you got you got some time, but you better you better do it fast. Well, I mean, then again, we need prime trout in the playoffs. Hey, who, who's to say? Do we know that there's ever gonna be a dip? I mean, if anyone's gonna defy it, that's all I'm saying. But yeah. no, hope the Angels turn it around. You got a team just down south, San Diego Padres that have won six straight. So, feel free to hop on the bandwagon. Some people, some Padre people are kind of irritated about all these randos coming on and talking about the Padres on Twitter. And, like, I don't know, man. I don't, I really don't care. I know I'm a true fan. I know who true fans are. And ultimately, I just like that the whole country and the whole baseball fandom have been talking about Fernando Tatis Jr., the slam Diego Padres, all that stuff, man. It is... It is awesome to see it is what this city deserves, and it's what I believe I personally deserve for being, you know, I've, I've, we, I've been season ticket holders since I was born. I, I think that as an organization, they owe this not to just everyone, but specifically to me. I mean, it's been awful. And I think what's unique about the Angels' mediocrity is they've always had the media around them because of Trout. I mean, like... They're, they're always talking about the Angels, so, I mean, although the Angels have really kind of sucked in my lifetime, they still just, they get this coverage because of Trout. We're not just left in the dark. Yeah. So, it just, it's, you know, it, it must feel a lot better to be able to be good and have that media coverage. Well, that's what the Padres have had some headlines more offseason when we had that big spree in, what was it, 2014, 2015, getting um, Upton, Kimbrell, Shields, all those guys. And signing Hosmer, signing Machado, but it's actually translated. And look, I'm not, you know what? No, I am asking for some pity. I mean, for God's sake, I'm a New York Jets fan, New York Nick fan. Um, I guess, I mean, I guess the, the the New York Rangers aren't bad by any means. And then a San Diego Padre fan, I mean, that's not good. That's hard. Like, pot, I mean, San Diego sports are not good. And really, until until my sister brought Alabama into the plethora of teams, I just, like, I didn't know what winning really was in sports. So I really hope this is that turning point we've been waiting for the Padres to have that rides us into a dynasty and we win every World Series in the 2020s. Thoughts? It's possible. Not really, but it's, it's possible. We'll just say it's possible. It's possible. That's that's always the Padre thing. It's possible, and give us a couple years. That's that's the Padre way. But um, I think that's really all we have for today. Um, no two minute drill. We already had Noah on. I don't need him to have to go through the gauntlet again. But um, thank you for joining us. Um, make sure to check out the social medias. Uh, the Red Shirt dot blog is the blog. Um, Instagram the dot Red Shirt as well as the Twitter, at the Red Shirt Blog. Um, thank you all for the support. Uh, keep it up. And again, thank you for listening to the Red Shirt Podcast, episode 14.